Good morning. Good morning. We are glad you are here. Welcome. Good to be in this place. So if you were unaware, um, we're about three weeks away from Easter. I try to go back and I reread um, the scripture leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection. It just seems like a fitting time. The past several weeks, a certain scripture has been on my heart. Okay, so I'm going to share today. It's in Luke 9.23. It says, Jesus looks at his disciples and tells them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jesus gives three directions for whoever wants to be a disciple. He says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Those are the three things he says. He says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. So today I'm going to focus on taking up your cross or carrying your cross, okay? So in Roman times, the cross was seen as a, a symbol or terrifying object of torture and of suffering and execution, okay? So if you were carrying a cross in Roman times, you were on your way to be crucified. So when Jesus makes this statement to his disciples, I'm sure that they were probably terrified um, because that's what that represented, suffering and execution. And he says, you need to take up your own cross. And so no one likes to think about suffering or torture. That's just not something that's on the forefront of our mind. So they were probably a little terrified, a little confused. So we're going to talk today about what it means to carry your cross. What does it mean to carry your cross? And so for just a few minutes before I get into the preaching, I'm going to teach for just a second. So if it's okay if I teach for just a second, just give me an amen. Amen. That gives me permission to move forward, right? So I've got permission to teach for just a second before I get into my preaching. So this statement, honestly, can go hand in hand with Jesus carrying his own cross. When he tells the disciples you have to carry your cross, it can go hand in hand with him carrying his cross. And so I want to look at for a minute what it meant for Jesus to carry his cross and then how it's similar to us carrying our own crosses. And so at first we might wonder why is Jesus telling the disciples uh, that they have to carry their own cross when he knows that he's going to bear the cross. He knew what was going to happen, that he was going to be crucified. So why, why is he even telling them that? We're going to talk about that, look at that. Right now, everywhere you look in this day and age, crosses are everywhere, right? You find them on the front of churches. You find them in churches. You find them on signs. You find them on necklaces. You find it on logos. You find them on T-shirts. You find it, uh, people have cross tattoos. I mean, all the things you can find a cross anywhere today, right? Uh, but like I mentioned in Roman times or in the Bible, the cross meant something very different than what the cross means today. So the cross was equated with three things in Roman times. So number one, the cross was equivalent to opposition or execution. That's what the cross meant. 
The crucifixion was one of the worst types of executions that could occur in this time period. So the the people who were crucified, rather than being stoned or burned or any of those things, that was considered to be the worst criminals. So what happened is that they crucified, the crucifixion was for the worst criminals. So for this day and age, our worst criminals, right, might be the people who were talking about terrorists or the people who, uh, you know, murder hundreds of people or the people who hurt children. Those would be, quote unquote, our worst criminals. That's how they were equating Jesus is that he was this horrible criminal. And so this is how he was handled. So the cross was equivalent to execution and opposition. And then number two, the cross in this time was a symbol of shame and suffering. Shame and suffering. So basically all dignity is gone. What would happen is people would gather in the streets as you began to carry your cross and they would spit on you and they would ridicule you and they would yell at you all the while. Most of the time you were naked or barely clothed. So it was a very shameful time, right? It was very shameful and it was simply embarrassing all while being torturous. The cross was heavy and then you were going, you were carrying it to your own crucifixion. And so then when you got there, not only was it just shameful and people were ridiculing you, it was also a time of suffering. So see, the cross crucifixion was designed for pain. That's what it was designed for because they knew what happens is so first they would drive the nails into your hands. They would drive them into your feet. And then after a long period of time, your body would begin to lag or finally begin to let go. And then slowly but surely, you would die a slow and painful death from suffocation. And so that's what was happening. It was a time of suffering, and then it was a time of torture, right? And so that leads us to the third thing that the cross symbolized in this time. Number three, the cross was equated with death. The whole and sole purpose of the cross was to kill. That's what it was for. People carried the cross to die on it, and that was the ultimate purpose was death. So that's what the cross was meant for. It was meant for opposition or execution. It was meant for shame. It was meant for suffering. And then it was meant for death. And so some of you are probably thinking, wow, Kelly, that's super depressing. (laughs) Thank you on this Sunday morning. I mean, this was probably one of the best days of my Christian life dedicating my two grandbabies and having my family here. If I could pick out a moment in time because God has been so good to me, I've got an infinite amount. But one of these days is probably the most wonderful days for me. And so you would think on this day, you're like, really, Kelly, this is how you're going to start us out, right? We're talking about suffering and execution. But if you'll just give me a moment, just wait, just a minute, right? We'll, We'll get there, all right? When you think about it like this, When you think Jesus wants to carry my cross, you might think, well, I don't understand. See, Jesus carried the cross for us. He died on the cross for us. So what do you mean I have to carry my cross? Well, Jesus was giving us a little preview of what we might have to endure what he did. Just a preview. So we may have to endure some shame. 
on this earth. We may have to endure some suffering. We may have to endure a little bit of death to ourselves. And when I say death to ourselves, that means that sometimes I have to put down what Kelly Baker wants to do and be in the will of God. Sometimes we have to put down the things at the altar that we really don't want to let go of, right? The death of those things. So living in opposition sometimes of what the world wants us to believe. The the word says that we are a peculiar people. And so sometimes it's a preview saying, I'm going to believe what God believes and not what the world tells me to believe. And sometimes we feel shame or hurt for the mistakes or the things that we've done. We are an imperfect people. And so lots of times that's hard to get past our past or to get past um, anything that we have done prior to this day. Um, And when I'm preaching that, I'm preaching to myself because Uh, My family knows I am hard on myself. You know, I try my best to be a good mom, and I try my best to be a good wife, and I try my best now to be a good grandparent, and I want to be a good sister. And, you know, when my mom was here, I tried to be the best daughter. And if there's ever a time that that I feel like I have come short of that, then I am hard on myself, and and I feel, you know, guilty and and pain-stricken from that. So sometimes it's hard to move past anything that we, that we feel like we've done. Jesus was shameful. He was, it was a shameful time. He was barely clothed, and, and they were ridiculing him. But thank God, because three days later, three days later, when Jesus was resurrected, the cross took on new meanings. The cross took on new meanings. Yes, amen. The cross was now defined as something different. It was now defined as something different. So see, the cross that once meant execution and shame and suffering changed when Jesus died on the cross. It changed. And so the moment that Jesus took his last breath, the word says that the earth shook. And the word says that the veil in the temple was torn. So in that very moment when Christ took his last breath, everything changed. In the physical even, right? The physical. It says that the, the skies had been dark and they began to light. And then the earth shook and all of the things. So the execution of Christ now became the plan, the plan of order instead of death. And the shame and suffering became honor because he died for us all. And now he sits with the Father on the throne. And the death becomes resurrection and victory because now the tomb was empty. So it changed. The meaning of the cross changed. Now we are into resurrection and victory and honor. So when Jesus offers us to take up our own crosses, sometimes when we use that phrase, even in a worldly phrase, we think we begin to get worried or we begin to get anxious. Taking up your cross has a negative connotation. That means that you're taking on some kind of burden or maybe something that you don't want. But when we think about with Jesus, when we take up a cross, We don't have to think of it like that. 
And so we don't have to get worried about, worried or stressed out. It means that we will endure the suffering. It means that our shame or death will be taken away because the meaning changes when Christ died on the cross. So we can be encouraged that it doesn't end there. And we should be excited that there's more to the story. There's more to the story. When Arabeth was little, she loved books, and we would read, and I would read a book, and we would finish the book. I'd get to the end of the page, and I'd shut the book, and I'd say, okay, good night, or, or whatever it is, or if we were just hanging out, whatever it be, that would be, the, it would be the end of the story. And she would always say, tell me the rest of the story. And I'm like, well, sis, it's, it's, it's over. Like, the book, you know, this book is done. Like, you want to read another one? And she would say, no, tell me the rest of the story. And so sometimes I would reread it or I'd make up a story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and then the duck went over the river. Like, I don't know. It was something like she did not want the story to be over. She wanted it to continue. God's saying, you know, when, he's, when, we're when we're thinking of the suffering and we're thinking of the pain and when we're thinking of the heartache that sometimes that we go through, God's saying, let me show you the rest of the story. It's not over. Let me show you the rest of the story. So we too will experience honor and victory through him as well as salvation and hope. But sometimes the journey can be tough. And sometimes we forget about the victory. Sometimes we forget about the promise. Sometimes we forget about the three days later. Sometimes we just don't feel like we can get through the shame, the hurt, the discouragement, the opposition. Sometimes we don't even feel like we can get through carrying the cross let alone even get to the execution or death of ourselves to follow him. But let me show you this. When Jesus was carrying his cross to be crucified, he became so weak and he became so weary that they summoned someone from the crowd to help him carry the cross. Luke 23, 26 says, As the soldiers led him away, they see Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. So Jesus needed help carrying the cross. And sometimes we forget about this part of the story. So they had whipped him and broken him, and he's carrying his cross. And it, he becomes so weak and so frail that finally he falls and the soldiers are aggravated right they're aggravated because they're kicking him they're mocking him and they're saying oh, get up get up kicking him you know we can only, we can only imagine right all the things and so finally they're like you who are you and so they call someone out and he says i'm siren from cyrene he wasn't even native of the country and he says you come over here carry this cross for the Messiah while they're mocking him. And so he begins to carry, and Jesus is so weak that he continues on on his way to crucifixion. So Jesus was not able 
to carry the cross. But he had a will and a purpose for his life. He knew what had to be done. And so someone came and carried the cross. So he needed help carrying the cross. And that's what Jesus does for us every single day. When Jesus had been beaten and whipped so badly, they called someone in, help him carry the cross. And when we are spiritually and mentally and physically so tired and so broken that we just don't think we can go on anymore, we got to call on him to carry the cross, to carry the burden. I can't do it anymore. I need you to carry and he'll show up. God carries the cross, and he takes the load from us so we can fulfill our calling for our lives, for him. Jesus had a job. We knew God the Father had ordained that he be crucified on the cross. They called someone in in order for him to make it there so he could fulfill what he was supposed to do. We have a calling on our lives. And sometimes we're broken and we're beaten and we're done. And God will carry the cross so we can fulfill what he will have us do for our lives. We have to give him our cross and give him the burdens and the shame of the parts and let him carry it. And understand that joy and peace and victory are only yours through the cross. Have you ever been so broken that you physically feel like you cannot go on any longer? And that's what Jesus did. He couldn't go on any more. And so someone else had to come in. Before the crucifixion, Jesus went to the garden and he prayed to the Father. In Luke 22, 41 through 44, it says, this is, this is before the crucifixion. Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, it says, he withdrew about a stone's throw from them, beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus, the Son of God, who, who is perfect on earth, knew that he could not do it without the Father. He knew that he could not do it without the Father. He prayed to him, take this from me. If there's any other way, take it. I don't want to do it. And I don't know about you, but I know there's been some prayers that I said, no, thanks, God. I don't want to do it. Not today. And then he said, okay, I want your will to be done. So if I must, I need you to help me. And, that should, and he prayed so earnestly that the Son of God began to sweat blood. If I want God to help me, all I have to do is ask. I want your will to be done. But in order to do this, I need you to carry the cross. 
I need you to carry the cross. We need help from the Father. The Son of God called on him. And when he began to take the load, you may still endure some pain. It may take time for you to be able to feel whole again. When they called in, broken, he had been beaten and he was bruised and he was battered. And so when they called in Simon to carry the cross, the word doesn't say that Simon took up the cross and then Jesus just got up and started walking on to, to the crucifixion. That's not what the word says. See, he was still broken. He was still battered. He was still bruised. But over time, see, it took three days. It took him being on the cross and continuing to pray to his father. And then it took three days. And then the victory came. And then when he came out of that tomb and he sought the people, he wasn't on his hands and knees. He wasn't broken. He wasn't beaten. He wasn't shattered. He said, here am I. Here am I. But you know what? So he was walking and he was talking and it was resurrection and it was life and it was light. But don't forget the scars on his hands. He said, it is me. It is me. This is proof that it is me. And the scars may still be there when we are so broken and we're so torn. We may have some emotional scars, but through him, we will still have the victory. We will still have the victory. So without Jesus, the execution, the suffering, the shame, and death are permanent. They become permanent. But with Jesus, they do not have the final word. But with Jesus, they, they don't have the final word. With Jesus, all things are new. So see, when the cross meant suffering and shame and burden and death. So that's why I chose to preach this today. Because on this day, in this time, I was excited about a legacy I was excited that my kids, my grandparents sat on this pew and they raised some Jesus followers, right? And because of that, because my God is good and because I have a heritage in this day and this time, my family filled up these pews and my kids were last night at the dinner table and Jacob and Grace was talking about the word of God because God is good and God is victorious and through him we will be too. All things will be made new. Simon took the cross. And sometimes that it might not be a physical cross from us. Sometimes it might be, God, I need you to carry the burden of this job. God, I need you to carry the burden of not having enough money. God, I need you to carry the burden of this decision that I'm trying to make. God, I need you to carry the burden that my children are not saved. God, I need you to carry the burden that there are people in my life who are addicts. God, I need you to carry the burden that I just can't carry on. God, I need you to carry the burden that Satan is just dealing with my mind and he is telling me that I'm absolutely nothing. God, I need you to carry the burden that I know people who are teenagers, God, who want to end their lives. God, I need you to carry the burden then tell and, and, and let the world know that Satan is 
a liar and that I am victorious. I need you to carry that burden for me so that I can walk and fulfill my purpose through God that I might be victorious.